I want to talk today about settling for more. Settling for more. I think so many times in life we settle for less than our best. I think we settle for good enough when we should be settling for more. I think we look at our life and our relationships many times and we say, well, it's not quite what I dreamed it would be, but it's good enough. You know, my career, it's not really what I dreamt my life would become, but you know what? It's good enough. You know, I know I'm called to do great things and maybe you're at school and you're not getting great grades and last semester was really difficult and maybe some voices around you have told you that you're, you're, you're not really one of the lead dogs. You're not really the top of the pack and there's something in you that just says, it's good enough. I want to challenge you today to settle for more, to know that God has put great things inside of you, that, that the best really is yet to come in your life. And just because you're not quite seeing the dream be achieved yet in your life does not mean God's dream will not be fulfilled in your life. Just because you forgot about the dream doesn't mean God has forgotten about the dream. That God's purpose will still be fulfilled in your life as long as you stay in the process, it's good. The thing about the first page of the Bible is that creation, when God was taking the seven days to create all of our world, after every single day, he would say three words, and he would say this, it is good. Can you say that with me? It is good. After every day, it is good. He would create the sun and the stars, it is good. He would divide firmament, it is good. After every step of creation, God would say, it's good. And, and I look at that and I say, God, how is it good? It's not finished yet. But I think God is able to stop in the middle of the process and say, it's good as long as it's in my process. And if I could just encourage you here today, don't stop until God is finished with your life. Don't stop on the journey because you've been hurt. Don't stop on the journey because you've had a few setbacks along the way, but allow God to do a work in your life so that the dream can be fulfilled because he looks at your life and says it's good. Here's what I love about God. He doesn't see what you're not. He doesn't see what you are. He sees what you're going to be. As long as you're in the process, as long as you don't settle for anything less than what God has for your life. You may stop, but don't settle. You may have a setback, but don't let it make you settle because it's good as long as it's in the process. If I could say this, if it's not good yet, God's not finished yet. If you look at any area of your life and you say, well, it's just not good yet, I want to say it's not finished yet. God's not finished yet. The scripture says in Romans chapter 8 that God works all things. Could you say that with me? All things. God works all things, not some things, not one or two things, not just a few things. God works all things together for good to them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So if it's not good yet, God's not finished with it yet. So don't give up along the way. God still has a purpose for your life. It's still going to come to pass. Don't settle for less. I heard a story about a, a young man who had... Uh, he was a college football star in his small hometown. And he was famous as a high school student for how good he was at football. And when he graduated, his coach told him he was too small to ever play in the pros. But that's what his dream was. That's what his desire was. From the time he was small, he had the desire to be a professional football player. So 
he tried out for a few teams and he didn't make the cut and he believed the voice of his coach that told him that he was too small and he just went to a junior college and started delivering pizzas on the side, forgetting football altogether. Until one day, he knocks on the door to deliver a pizza to a home and a 10-year-old little boy opens the door and to the 10-year-old's amazement, it's his hero delivering him a pizza. He had seen him under the Friday night lights play football and he thought, I want to be just like you. And he said, just without thinking, the little 10-year-old boy said to him, what are you doing delivering pizzas? You should be playing football. <laughs> and he said in that moment, something changed in his heart. He went to the gym, and in the next year, he put on 70 pounds of muscle and leaned up and tried out again for the schools that he wanted to be a part of. And as a matter of fact, he got a Division I scholarship, full ride, was an All-American in college. And in 2011, he was drafted in the first round by the Houston Texans. His name is J.J. Watt. He's a defensive end for the Houston Texans to this day. And he said in the article that I read, he said, My life changed whenever that little boy challenged me not to settle where I was. If I could just encourage you, if any area of your life that you're, not, that you're not experiencing what God's dream is for your life, if I could just encourage you this morning, don't settle where you are. God's best is still ahead of you. It, you may have had some setbacks. You may have had some people that don't believe in you along the way. You may have had some difficulty, but keep on trusting God. God, his dream is going to be fulfilled in your life as long as you don't settle. Say it with me. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. Heard about a college professor that was uh, giving his final exam to the class, and he said, you all have been such a great class that I want to give you a special deal for this final. Anyone who would like an automatic C on the test, and you, don't, you, you can have it, and you wouldn't have to take the test. So anyone, just raise your hand. We'll give you an automatic C. You don't have to take the test. And, and slowly but surely, one hand went up, and then another hand went up, until over half the class's hands were raised, accepting their C uh, for their final exam in this class. And with the remaining students, he looked at them and said, I just want you to know I'm so proud of you. You're going to do great things. Uh, this is going to be a great test for you. And he went and he laid the test face down on their desk, and he, he said this, take a moment, and I, on the count of three, I want you to turn over the test. And the count of three, they turned over the test, and it just had one statement on there. It said, congratulations, you've received an A. Never settle for a less. How many times in life do we settle for the C out of fear? We settle for the C because it's what we can just achieve in the moment. Because we don't want to fight for it when an A has already been provided for us. It's waiting for us to just receive it and to step into it. I want to tell you, when God gives you a dream, when God gives you a vision, you just hold on. If you'll keep stepping toward it, not settling for it, God's already provided the provision for the vision if you'll trust him. God's already provided everything that you need for that dream to come to pass only as long as you will not settle for anything less. I think sometimes we settle for a season See what I did there? I worked really hard on that. <laughs> we settle for a season that we're in. 
Even though it's not what God has promised for us, we settle for a season of less. We settle for a season of difficulty. We settle for a season of loss. We settle for a season of depression. We settle for a season of negative reports. We settle for these seasons in our life when God's already provided great, great things ahead of us if we'll just step into it and not settle for the sea in our lives. I want to introduce you this morning to someone in the scripture that settled for less. His name was Esau. He was the son of Isaac. Who was, he was actually the grandson of Abraham. And Esau had a twin brother named Jacob. Esau was older than Jacob, and because of his age, he had something called a birthright, which was pretty awesome in that day. You got everything. It's like you got a double portion of your father's inheritance, and more than that, you got a spiritual blessing. Like you were the man. It was a huge opportunity. And Esau was the man. He, he literally, he was a man's man. He was a hunter. He was hairy, the Bible said. He was unlike his brother. His brother was like a thieving, kind of a little bit of a conniver. He was, was, was a mama's boy. But, but Esau was a man's man. And, and I want to take you to a time in the book of Genesis where he had went through an opportunity that he had to be able to settle for something that was less than the blessing that was on his life. He had come in from hunting, and he was hungry, he was tired, and I want to take your attention to it. If you're looking at your notes with me or on the screen, turn to Genesis chapter 25, verse 29. It says this, Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. And it says that's why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, First sell me your birthright says, I want your birthright. If you want this stew, if you want this soup, I want your birthright. It says, but Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, and then he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Esau sold the blessing for a bowl. He sold the blessing for a bowl of measly soup. And we look at him, we think, how could you ever do that? Like, what is the deal? Couldn't you see what the blessing really was in your life? But he didn't see it. And I think he's an example, at least he's an encouragement for me, because I know there are times in my life where I don't see the blessing that God has on my life either. And, and the question of the day is simply this, why do we settle for less than God's best in our lives? What are the reasons that we settle in certain areas or in our walk with God or in our family or in our relationships? or Why do we settle for something less than what God's best is for us? I want to just walk through this this morning if you're taking, if you're taking notes. I believe it's the reasons Esau settles is the same reasons and temptations why we can settle. Here's the first one. We settle when we're tired. We settle when we're tired. He was weary. He was tired. He had been out hunting. He was wore out. He was ready to, to take it to the house. He was tired. He was weary. And when you're tired and weary, that's when the greatest temptation will come in your life. That, that, that when you're tired of being single, you'll be tempted to settle for something less than what God's best is for you. If I could just give a word of encouragement. Someone told me years ago, it's better to wait long than marry wrong. Come on, somebody. That's good. <laughs> better to wait long than marry wrong. What is that saying? Don't settle. Don't settle. 
It's easy when you're tired in your marriage to settle for something less than God's best. It's, it's easy when you're tired in your career to, to, to just settle for something less than what you know in your heart God's put for you. When, you. when you settle for a stale spirituality, whenever you come into environments like this and you just feel like, man, God's called me to great things, and then you go back to ordinary life where you're just settling along the way. If I could just encourage you, don't settle for soup when you can have the blessing. Don't settle for soup when you can have the blessing. Because he was weary, he chose to settle. And when we get weary, we settle. And here's the reality. We're all going to get weary. We're all going to get tired. We're all going to have seasons where we are at, we're at points of our lives where we need help, where we need strength. This is just a reality of our life. The scripture says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, I want to take us there. It says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. I love that about our God. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope or those who wait in the Lord or hope in the Lord, wait and hope, hope and wait, they will renew their strength. They shall soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Are you weary here this morning? I have hope for you that God wants to give you strength. Are you tired in some area of your life? Are you tired emotionally? Are you tired spiritually? Are you tired physically? Are you tired in your life, in your relationships? If I could just encourage you this morning, Almighty God wants to give you some fresh strength in your life so that you don't settle for anything less than what His best is for you. If I could say this, that the, the answer for weariness is waiting on God. The answer for weariness is waiting on God. You can make all of the resolutions that you want to make this year. You can plan all of the vacations that you want to plan this year. Do that. It's a wonderful thing. But if unless you wait on God, you will not receive the strength that you need to give you the power to fulfill the destiny that God's put in your life. It's the waiting that the strength comes. It's in the waiting where the power comes. It's in the, it's in the waiting where God can give you new strength and new ideas and fresh encouragement in your life. That's why we have 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're in the middle of it right now. Today's day eight. And hallelujah, thank you for day eight, Lord. Lord, make it day 21 in Jesus' name. Thank you for day eight. But we, what, we, what we do, we've done this since before the church started. This is uh, part of the heart and soul of City Hills. We are a church of prayer and fasting because we believe that only that strength only comes from God. That that power to not settle for less than the destiny God's called for this church is to spend time with God in prayer and fasting because our strength gets renewed. Our vision gets restored in times of prayer and fasting. So jump in with us. We pray at from 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday and Saturdays at 9 a.m. And we, we do this every morning. It's an incredible, incredible time. I promise it will be life-changing. You, you just owe it to yourself to just come and see it. On Tuesday alone this week, and I just want to brag on, on you guys, I'm just amazed at what God's done. When we started, it was just about two or three. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, he's there. So we had two or three, and that was about it. But just Tuesday alone, between the people that were here live and people watching live online in locally. We were just, there are some people that are watching from other states, but just those that are watching locally and participating here, there were over 185 people joining together in prayer at 6 a.m. in the morning. Glory to God. What is that? That's strength. 
And so I encourage you, maybe you had a great week and you prayed with us and you fast is good and all that. And, and I say, just keep on going. Or maybe you had a hard time last week and you didn't fast. Or maybe you missed church last week and you missed the first week. Or maybe your fast lasted like two hours and then someone asked you to go to eat on Sunday afternoon and you never recovered. If I could just encourage you, start right now. Like join in right where we are. Why? Because it's the, that's where the strength comes from. Let's get on our knees tomorrow morning. Let's seek after God. Let's say, God, we can't do this in our own power. I don't want to settle for less than what you've called me to. I don't want to settle for less than your purpose in my life. So let's get out of bed. Let, let's get on our knees and let's seek after God and watch what God will do in 2018 when you start by putting him first. It's amazing. And I, I say this, if, if it doesn't work for your schedule to be able to actually come here in the mornings, you can watch it online. It's not a B experience. It's not uh, like a B team thing if you're watching online. It, my wife watches online. We have small kids at home. I get it. Life's crazy and busy. But I just encourage you, just take time and priority aside. Get online. Pray with us in unity. And just watch what God will do whenever we seek after Him. Amen? Here's the second one, why we settle. We settle when we want instant gratification. Instant gratification. Instant gratification. I grew up with instant mashed potatoes. And then when I got married, somebody, my wife, she didn't know of this thing called instant mashed potatoes. And the name of Jesus and the power of God came in our home and I stopped settling for the instant mashed potatoes because I discovered something different. Come on, somebody. The scripture says this in, in verse 30. It says of, Matthew, of Genesis 25. And Jacob said, quick, let me have some of that red stew. Quick. Could you say that word with me? Quick. I want to say most of the things in life that are quick are usually a settle. Most of the things that we can get in life quick are things that aren't worth having in our life. They're not things that are valuable. He just wanted something quick. See, the, see the bowl of soup was quick, but the, but, but the blessing was lasting. See, the bowl of soup was now, but the blessing was, was later. And instead of waiting for the blessing, he just settled for the now soup. He settled for the instant gratification instead of wanting the lasting blessing of the birthright in his life. If I could say this, don't sacrifice what you want most for what you want right now. Don't ever settle for what you want most for what you want right now. Because we all have things that we want right now. But if we can run it through the filter of, God, what do I want most and when we start saying, God, I want it most, I want your spirit most, I want your grace most, I want your hand on my life most, then we'll make the choice not to settle for the things that are the instant things, the now things, we'll get what we want most. Or if I could say it like this, what would your future you tell you to do right now? What would your future family tell you to do right now? Those of you with young families or single, what would your grandkids tell you to do right now? Think about that. Because that's what you want most. But the now is the temptation. So what do you want most? What would your future finances tell you to do right now? Get in a small group. Join Financial Peace University. Get out of debt. Get it in order. Why? Because I want you to be a blessing to someone in your life. But, but you got to make the decision. Instead of settling for less, you have to make the decision to, to, to say, God, I want something more than I want this immediate gratification in my life. What do you want most versus what do you want right now? We settle 
for instant gratification. Here's, here's the third thing. We settle when we don't value the blessing. And this is so good. We settle when we don't value the blessing. He says in verse 32, Esau says, look, I'm about to die. He was hangry, everybody. You know what hangry is? It's hungry and angry at the same time. How many have been fasting this week and you've got a little hangry in your, in your life? Yeah, come on, somebody. He said, what good is this birthright to me? And that's what happens right before we settle. We stop valuing the things of God in our lives. We say, what good is it to give? What good is it to make a difference? What good is it to go to church? What good is it to be part? What good is it to, to, to have this marriage? What good is it to have this relationship? What good is it to have in my life? And when we stop valuing the blessing, we'll settle for something less. He, he didn't see it. He didn't see it. He had trouble seeing what the blessing was in his life. And, and in my life, anytime I don't see as God sees, I have a real hard time doing as God says. Anytime when we see as God sees, we'll do as he says. When we see things from his perspective, we have no trouble doing what God's called us to do. If we could see things from his perspective, we'd understand God's not trying to keep something bad from us. He's trying to give something good to us. He, he's, he's trying to help us not settle for something less than what God has for our lives. Acts chapter 7 verse 32 says this. It says, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But if I could say this, that it was not meant to be that way. That it was meant to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But because he chose to settle, he missed out on the greatest opportunity of his life. He didn't value the blessing. He didn't know that he would be in the lineage of faith. He didn't know what all that God was going to do in his life. And if I could say, you don't even know. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You can't even understand the goodness that God wants to pour on your life. We can't even comprehend how good God wants to be to us. The blessings of God are so unfathomable because they come from an infinite source. And if if I could just say this this morning, never settle for anything less than God's best for your life. Look at your neighbor and say, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. Tomorrow is we celebrate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. What an inspiration to all of us. My favorite quote by Dr. King is this, that you'll never truly live until you've found something worth dying for. It's always been my favorite quote, probably to this day my favorite quote of all, that You'll never truly live until you find something worth dying for. And as I was kind of thinking about this weekend, I, I actually found the message where he said that for the first time, or where it's recorded that he said it for the first time. And, and I, just, I, just, I just thought Dr. King could help me preach this message today. Or maybe I'm preaching his message. I don't know. But, it's, but I just want to turn your attention to the screen and let's hear what Dr. King showed us, an example to us about living a life without, without settling for less. I say to you this morning that if you have never found something so dear and so precious to you that you will die for it, then you aren't fit to live. Take it, Take it. You may be 38 years old as I happen to be. 
And one day, some great opportunity stands before you and calls upon you to stand up for some great principle, some great issue, some great cause. And you refuse to do it because you are afraid. You refuse to do it because you want to live longer. You're afraid that you will lose your job. Or you're afraid that you will be criticized or that you will lose your popularity. Are you afraid that somebody will stab you or shoot at you or bomb your house? And so you refuse to take the stand. Well, you may go on and live until you are 90. But you're just as dead at 38 as you would be at 90. The cessation of breathing in your life is but the belated announcement of an earlier death of the spirit. You died when you refused to stand up for right. You died when you refused to stand up for truth. You died when you refused to stand up for justice. Settle. Don't settle for less than what God's best is for you. Don't settle in your life. Don't settle for anything less than your purpose because God has something greater than the bowl of soup that may be before your life. I want to just kind of shift gears today and just get very practical, just give you some things that will make this live in just everyday life. How do we settle for more? Here's the first thing. We settle by making the right choice. We settle by making the right choice. In verse 34, it says, And Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, and then he got up and left. And Esau despised his birthright. See, every decision matters. It just seemed like it was not a big deal, this, the one decision that he was making. But that one decision was changing everything about his life. And if we're going to settle for more in our life instead of settling for less, we have to make the decision to trust God no matter what's going on in our life. We have to make the decision to make the right choice in our life, to make the small decisions. See, it's the small decisions that make all of the difference in our life. We believe a myth many times that there are big decisions that we have to make. And the reality is, is there's no such thing as a big decision. Only small decisions that compound over time. There's no such thing as some big thing that we choose. It's, it's really a culmination of all the small decisions that we make every day. I have a question. How many of you in this room today here at the 1015 service, how many of you have ever been bit by an elephant? Anybody ever been bit by an elephant? Anybody ever been bit by an elephant? How many have ever been bit by a giraffe? Anybody have been, ever been bit by a giraffe before? Anybody in the house? I thought I saw a hand. Oh, somebody scratching their head there. Never been bit by. Here's another question. How many has ever been bit by a mosquito? How many has ever been bit by a mosquito? Let me see your hands. You've been bit by a mosquito? See, it's the little things that'll bite you. It's the little things. It's the little things. I think so many times we're focused on the big things that'll bite us. And the reality is it's the little things that'll bite us. It's the little decisions that'll change our life. It's the little decisions that'll take us off course. It's the little things that compound and turn into the big things in our life. So, so the question is, what are the little decisions this week that we need to make to be able to make the decision to not settle? See, if we'll settle in the little, then we'll settle in the big. I have some homework for you today. What are two areas of your life this year that you would like to see change? 
Why don't you take it and write it on your notes? Not 10, but just two. What are two areas of your life that you would love to see change in your life? What, what, what are, and, and then what are the little things? What is one little thing that you could do that could incrementally change that situation? Because it's not the big thing. It's the little things. It's the little decision. It, it, maybe you, you have a big idea that you want to do something huge and big for your family. Well, that's wonderful, but, but why don't you start by just putting them to bed tonight and praying the blessing of God over their life for five minutes? Why well, you may have a big dream of being such a blessing financially in your life. Why don't, why don't you start with just being a blessing to somebody with what you have today? People always say, if I won the lottery, I'd do this, and if I won the lottery, I'd do that. Well, that'd be great, but why don't you just start with what you have? It's the little things. It's the small things. It's the little decisions. It's the little compromises. The book of, the book of uh, Song of Solomon says, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things. So, so what are the little decisions in your life that, that you need to, to make the change? It's like a domino effect. Our habits are connected to one another. Our habits are connected. When we do one habit, it's connected to another habit, which is connected to another habit, which is connected to another habit. So, so, the, so the reality is, is that you and I are only one bold habit away from a domino effect of good things in our future. We're only one good habit away. You, you may look in the distance, you say, I'm so far from fulfilling my purpose. No, you're not far at all. Because think about dominoes. You just touch one domino and then the whole thing comes falling down. Why? Because you're just one push. You're just one habit away from creating a domino effect of good things in your life. And if I could just give you just some encouragement, why don't you let it start with this 21 days of prayer and fasting? What a wonderful way to push some dominoes over in your life and wake up a little bit earlier, make a little bit of a sacrifice in your life. And you say, well, that's not going to make that big of a difference an hour. It's not going to make that much of a difference. And you're probably right. It Just in that just one time, it's probably gonna, not going to make a difference. But if you make the decision, here to, to, to wake up a little bit early to seek God. Maybe you'll wake up the next day to seek God and maybe before you know it, 21 days of prayer is over and you're still kneeling down beside your bed when you wake up and you're seeking God and then you're doing that the next day and you look back and it's been a year and the things you used to struggle with, you're not struggling with them anymore and the addictions you used to have, you don't have them anymore and now you're walking in victory and now you're walking in freedom and then you start helping other people get free and have victory in their lives and then before you know it, your children start seeing it and then they start wanting to do make the same difference with their life and then their kids. And before you know it, you've left a legacy of faith to other generations. And it all started with one habit to just wake up a little bit early and seek God. Here's the second thing. We need to make the right change. We need to make the right change. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17 talks about, it's a New Testament passage that's talking about Esau and this situation when he sold his birthright. And it says this, Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. He sought the blessing with everything that he, that he had, but he couldn't change. I think he is an example to us of how not to change. I think many times we want the blessing more than we want the blesser. And it says that he sought the blessing with tears. It doesn't say that he sought the blesser with tears. And if you go to the Webster's Dictionary, you probably won't find the word blesser. But it's my sermon. I'm going to use it anyway. 
But he sought the blesser more than he sought the blessing. He sought the blessing more than he sought the blesser. And he did it with tears. And I think a lot of times in our life, we're so focused on the blessing. Man, I want this blessing. I want this blessing. I want my life to look like this. I want my life to look like that. And if I could just encourage us here today, stop seeking after the blessing in 2018. And let's seek after the blesser in 2018. Let's go after God in our hearts with our, all of our souls like never before. And just watch what God will do and change our lives from the inside out. We have today at 115 something we call next steps. And what that is, it's just an opportunity to go through a process to start learning what God put inside of you and how that you can make a difference. And why don't we let 2018 be defined by saying, God, I'm going to put you first. I want you to change me. I want you to use me. Maybe even leaving today and just going through the tent and finding something that you and your family can do to get out of yourself a little bit and to get your serve on and to get on a team and make a difference and say, God, I'm going to seek after the blesser more than I'm just seeking after the blessings this year. I want you more than I want anything else in my life in 2018. Here's, here, here, here's the third thing. is the right. So we need to make the right change. We need to make the right choice. And, and here's, here's the third. We need to have the right consistency. We need to have the right consistency in our life. You, you've heard it said before, Rome wasn't built in a day. And that speaks of the, the value and, and the time, how sometimes it takes time to, to create something great. Rome wasn't built in a day. It, it takes time to build something great. But I think we forget about this, that even though Rome wasn't built in a day, they were laying bricks every hour. Even though Rome wasn't built in a day, they were constantly laying bricks all the time. They were laying bricks every single time, every single day, every single moment. They were laying bricks to build this Roman Empire. So many times, I believe, in our lives, we focus so hard on, on, on building the Roman Empire, if you will, of our family, of, of, our, of our career, of, of our life. We, we, we spend so much time building that that we fail to value the bricks that we need to lay every single day along the way. That we overvalue the empire, but we undervalue the bricks. We, we, we want the big things, but we, but we fail to see the small things. And in my, I'm preaching to myself today. I'm not preaching at anyone. I'm preaching to us all today. Because the question is, what are the small things? What are the, the daily consistent things that I need to do to be able to um, to be able to lay a brick on the destiny that God has for my life. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 says this. So good. For this very reason, make every effort to add. Add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. I just want to draw your attention in this passage to the word add. Add. That no matter what we have in our walk with God already, maybe you've been serving God for a long time, but there are things that can be added along the way. There are, there are bricks that need to be brought and put onto our lives. 
Somebody could help me with my illustration here this morning. Thank you. Thanks so much, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Just put it right there. Yeah. This is a just an ordinary brick. Nothing, nothing really special about it. You're probably within a hundred yards of here. I'm sure that there's just some laying around in a yard or on the side of the road somewhere. It's just a brick. You can probably buy it for a quarter at the home improve at a home improvement store. It's not very expensive, a brick. I could throw it, but I'm not going to do that here. Somebody asked me, are you going to throw those at us? No, I'm not going to throw those. (laughs) But I think sometimes we overestimate, overvalue that big in our lives that we forget that serving God looks like this, a brick. God, I want you to do something great in my life. God says, great. Lay a brick. God, I want you to use my marriage. I want you to use my, my future. God, God says, great. Lay a brick. He says, man, I, I want to do something great with my life. I'm a college student, but, but I really have a calling on my life. God says, awesome. Go to school. Work hard this semester. Do your best. Live godly. Live righteously. Serve. Make a difference. And lay a brick every day. Say, well, I'm not quite... What I want to be in my relationship. I'm single. I don't want to be single anymore. I, God, I have this vision of what I'm going to be. Or, man, I look at my marriage. I'm married. I don't want to be married anymore. I feel like I'm married a C, God. God say, stay with them and make them an A. Hallelujah. God would say, oh, that's great, and uh, great that you have dreams and vision. I gave those to you, but here's, I'm not wanting you to focus on that right now. Here's what I'm wanting you to do. Lay another brick. God, I have a dream for what you're going to do and a calling and a ministry on my life. And you're going to do something great. And you want to you use me, God. And I can see myself making a difference. And you're going to do all these things. God says, oh, that's great. Lay another brick. Add to your faith. Add to your faith. Every day, add to your faith. Every day, add to your faith. And before know it, before you know it, you'll look back. You'll say, man, the dream came true. John Osteen, which is the father of Joel Osteen, probably America's most famous preacher, he had a statement that he would make whenever he would preach. And he, would, he had a television ministry as well. And he would end with the same statement every time and it's one of my favorites he'd say this oh how great it is to dream a dream when you stand in life by the starry stream but a greater thing to to fight life through and to realize in the end that the dream was true what was he saying don't settle don't settle don't settle lay a brick don't settle for soup lay a brick in the scripture, it says in Genesis 25 that after Esau sold his birthright for that soup, that his name was changed to Edom. It's kind of a quick thing in the scripture we, we can easily pass over. It says his name was changed to Edom, and Edom means red. So after he compromised, after he sold his birthright for soup, his life was forever defined by that red soup that he sold his blessing for. 
But Jacob, oh Jacob, the one that was the stealer, the one that was the conniver, the one that had issues in his life. Esau didn't value the blessing, but Jacob did. Jacob wanted the blessing more than he wanted anything in his life, and he would do anything to get it. And after Jacob got the blessing, the Bible says his name was changed too, but it was changed to Israel, which Israel means as a prince. Thou has power with God. So if I could say this, Esau's life was forever defined by the bowl, but Jacob's life was forever defined by the blessing. Church, let's choose the blessing. Let's choose the blessing. Let's choose the blessing. Don't settle for the bowl. Don't settle for mediocrity. Don't settle for less than God's best in your life. Come on, somebody. Let's, let's stand up and do everything that God's called us to be in 2018. Yeah, let's get to our feet. What a good morning. What a good morning. What a good day. 2018 is not going to be like 2017. God's hand and favors on my life. Come on, somebody. It's the blessing. Come on, let's see. 